Welcome to the Writing to Get Business podcast, where you'll get tips to expand your writing skills. Every week, you'll hear tips and strategies to support your writing. Pat Iyer is your show hostess, a ghostwriter, editor, and author who has written 48 books. Sit back, relax, and listen. Here's your hostess, Pat Iyer. Hi, this is Pat Iyer with Writing to Get Business, and today we'll be talking about some of the ways that you can take your life experiences, help other people with the experiences that you've gone through, and turn those into books and courses and journals. I have with me today Rena Romano, who is the author of two books, Puppet No More and The Thrive Journal. And I'll be talking with Rena about some of the reasons why she got into sharing her experiences and how they have affected her business. Welcome to the show, Rena. Thank you, Pat. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to share with your listener. What we have, and we've talked a little bit about this, Rena, is you have a, a unique experience that you've gone through, mm-hmm. or I should say, Perhaps your experience is not unique, but what you've done with your experience is unique. And we're talking specifically about experiences that you had as a child. Can -hmm. you tell our listener what those were and how that led to your first book? I am a survivor. I'd like to say surthriver of childhood sexual abuse and uh, as a young adult, sexual assault and sexual harassment. Um, It took many, many years for me to get help, but I knew deep in my soul, Pat, that one day I was gonna write my story. I was gonna write, put it in a book, and I knew that it would help other people. It's just something I felt so deeply passionate about. Um, Of course, we're finding out my story of childhood sexual abuse and uh, sexual assault with the Me Too movement, it's not so unique anymore. But, uh, you know, when it's happening at the time, you feel like you're the only one. But I've written my book, His Puppet No More, and uh, did a TEDx talk. And I'm finding that a lot of survivors are now able to share their experience because a lot of us, because the Me Too movement too, is helping. Helping a lot more uh, victims and survivors come forward and get help and get healed. The Me Too movement has been fascinating. The timing of that and how people's stories are emerging is incredible. I was given an opportunity to to ghostwrite a book with a man on, first of all, negotiating and body language. And then secondly, the publisher came back to us and said that uh, the publisher wanted a book on bullying. So as we were writing the book, Harvey Weinstein was being unmasked. Mm -hmm. All those stories started coming out. One of the chapters in the book consists of interviews that I did with people who had been bullied. And we didn't get into the sexual assault, sexual harassment arena, but, you know, it's not hard to find people who experienced bullying at some point in their lives, especially as children. What came out of Harvey's story, the women's story, of Bill Cosby's story, and now 
Is it Russell? Is it the exercise guy? And I don't want to say the wrong name, but I just read an article in People magazine about women who are coming forth about another celebrity person. And all of these issues are certainly shocking as they are, have gone on for decades without intervention. Decades, they've gone on for years and years and years. Um, the thing is, I think the internet is helping more people come forward. We, we, we can share our story on the internet, on social media, and we feel less vulnerable, I think, that way. It's giving, the more people, when I was sharing my story, uh, it was amazing to see the men and women who were coming across my social media saying, me too. Um, you know, and when I wrote my book, His Puppet No More, and I had friends read it that I went to high school with, they're like, oh my God, we had no idea. And then, I have high school classmates that are now coming to me and they were going through the same thing that I was back then. And you just don't know, but you know, the internet is giving us a voice and it's giving us courage and seeing celebrities come out and sharing their stories and their books um, on their shows and their podcasts or whatever. It's helping people heal. And the only you know, the quickest way to, to healing is to sharing, sharing your story, whether it's written in a book or it's written in an article, a blog, if it's written, spoken, you know, in a podcast, the, you have to get it out of you. You just have to start somewhere. And I'm so proud to see that it's coming to light as it is. Well, let's focus on your book. You had that experience. You wrote the book several years after. What was the impetus for you to take the lid off of your experiences and say, I want to write this in a book? Now, what caused you to go from keeping it quiet to sharing it to saying, I want to share it on a bigger platform? I, I, I'm not sure how to explain it, but you know in your gut that you're supposed to be doing something. You just know it. And even before I got help, I'm 64 years young now. I called for help when I was 34. Even before I called for help, I knew that I was going to write a book. I knew that I was going to share my story. Um, I guess this is my path, my purpose, and what I am here to do. I firmly believe that. Um, but when I told my mom, she was so scared because she knew how women were victim blamed when they told their story. She was a volunteer at a domestic violence um, house and she saw how the women were treated and blamed and she thought I would go through all that too. And I did go through some, but they're part of the story in the book shares a lot of my mom's history and secrets. And she wasn't ashamed of sharing those secrets within the family, but she was afraid to put it out in public. And so when I told her what happened to me, this was uh, molested by an older brother, she encouraged me to get help. And she helped me get help. 
And, but she was so afraid of me writing the book. So I put it on hold. I, my mom passed away in 2006 and I started writing the book uh, the following fall in 2007. Hmm. So I waited for her passing and so that I could share her secret and um, without, you know, dishonoring her. I didn't want to embarrass her. So I always knew the book was there. I always knew it was in me. I always knew that I was going to share my story. But the way I saw how my mom shrank in fear when I told her I was going to write the book, um, I knew I had to wait. I had to wait for her passing before I can move forward with it. And I did. And I finished the book in 2010. In 2019, I was on the Oprah Winfrey show. I wish I had the book finished <laughs> when I went on her show, Pat, because, you know, you know how Oprah is with books. Absolutely. It could have been a bestseller in, mm -hmm. in her book club. So it could have been a bestseller then. But, you know, things happen the way they're supposed to. Um, I wasn't finished with the book because I was still angry about what happened to me when I went on Oprah. And after Oprah... Uh, I became suicidal again. I was like, what the heck did I just do? I told the world my secret. I felt very vulnerable. But in a sense, I knew I did the right thing. I knew I did what I was called to do. And so I had a healing process after being on Oprah. And um, I had a forgiveness process of myself and to all my perpetrators and um, then I was able to, to finish the book. So now my story has a happy ending. Mm-hmm. So there well, you go. Yeah. You've brought up several points. Uh, how a family will react to a story coming out is one dimension. What about yeah. your brother? What is your relationship with your brother now? He passed in 2009. He passed in January. And I was on Oprah in October 2009. Um, I moved away from, from Kansas city to Florida and he was living in California. Uh, Kansas city is our hometown. And the day I called mom and told her it was on a Saturday and unbeknownst to her or me, he was in Kansas city for a party, a reunion, a, a friend's birthday, milestone birthday. And he happened to stop by her house the following day. I told her on a Saturday, he comes knocking on the door Sunday. Hi, I'm here to visit. She had no idea he was in town. She stood her ground in the doorway and looked at him and said, I know what you did to Rena, and I can forgive you for all the harm you did to me, but I will never forgive you for what you did to her. And he goes, well, you know, there's two sides to every story. Oh my goodness. I was four years old when the abuse started. So, you know, I had no language for what he was doing to me. A, a child doesn't. So she called me and told me that, and that made me even madder and more determined to fix what he broke, to, to get help, get healed and get happy. So, um, he said is, you know, we all have inheritance. And he says, is there anything here that that you want me to have. She said, I don't, can't think of a damn thing and slammed the door in his face. She never heard from him again. 
And he ended up calling. This was back when we had answering machines and I, I had an answering machine in my home and he called and I happened to be out that day and he left a message on my answering machine. How could you tell your mother? How could you tell our mother and hurt her like that? And I'm thinking, listen, mister, you molested me for almost two decades starting at the age of four. How can I hurt her? Talk about gaslighting, <laughs> right? So I uh, never talked to him, never spoke to him again, never wanted to see him again. What an interesting way of displacing responsibility. My goodness. <laughs> well, that's what uh, narcissists yeah. do. That's what narciss narcissistic oh. psychopaths do. It's, yeah, gaslighting. It's, all, it's always somebody else's fault. And uh, I was four years old. And so um, in 2017, I did a TEDx talk, and it's called Healing Sexual Abuse Can Start With One Word. And also that can be found on YouTube. I, I talk about victim blaming and how we must make telling safe. And Brene Brown has coined a term called unconscious bullying. You were talking about bullying earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, when I tell, tell people, um, you know, I'm a survivor and they said, oh, pff, just get over it, you know, or don't let your past define you. That's a form of unconscious bullying. They don't, you know, they might mean well, but still that makes us shut down and, from wanting to share our story. And sharing our story is so important, whether it's through writing a book, on a podcast, in a blog, you know, on social media. We have to share our stories to heal. Now, you don't have to go on Oprah. <laughs> you don't, know, I'm not telling people they have to go on Oprah unless they want to, to share their story. Um, but yeah, I was fortunate to be one of the 35,000 guests that she had over the 25 years. So, yeah. And how long did it take for you to write that book? And, and was it emotionally difficult to complete that? Oh, Pat. Yes. The day I, I started writing, um, it's really, it's really amazing. I started writing the book October 15th, 2007. I sat down and I typed one sentence and I don't even remember what the sentence was. You know, I, it's probably in the introduction or, or the preface, but I wrote the one sentence and then I just spent the rest of the day crying because I was so mad that I had such a story to tell. Mm -hmm. I was still raw. I hadn't healed completely. I hadn't forgiven. I'm not saying you have to forgive to heal. It was, it was beneficial for me. Um, but I remember the day I, I started writing it, October 15th, 2007. And the day that my story aired on Oprah Winfrey was October 15th, 2009. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. It is. But I started it in 2007, and I finished it after being on Oprah. I finished it in May, I believe, of 2010. So That was a three-year period. 
It was a, th it, it, yeah, it's a, well, being molested for almost two decades, oh. I had a lot of healing and, you know, it was amazing. Um, good, 2007 is when the economy went and we were in a recession and I lost my job. Fortunately, my husband was still working and he says, well, your job now is to write that book that you've been talking about writing for years. And uh, he said, you might be surprised. You might, you might have a, a, an epiphany, you know, you, and he was right, but he was wrong. I had many epiphanies writing, mm. writing this book and sharing my story was so therapeutic. Now, whether you, I, that's what I like to tell people too, whether you put it in a journal and it's just for you or you put it in a book, it's very, very therapeutic. I'm glad I did it. Did you read any other memoirs before writing that one or any other books written by childhood sexual abuse survivors? There are several books, um, uh, Secret Survivors, but the first book I read was The Courage to Heal. And that was very, very helpful. And I went through two years of talk therapy in, in a group with other female survivors. Mm -hmm. um, I really didn't want to read other people's memoirs. I don't, I, I know this is going to sound, I read a lot of books, but I don't read a lot of books on sexual abuse memoirs in that genre because I've lived it. I don't need to read it. And um, even though I've healed, it could trigger something in me, you know? So, um, I've lived that story. I don't need to read another story. What I like to do is ask what the healing process was from other survivors. So yeah, in that genre, I read a lot of books, but, but not, not memoirs like that. And what kind of reactions have you gotten from people who've read your book? Um, thank you. Um, thank you for sharing your story. Mine talks about the narcissism, uh, this, you know, as he's such a narcissistic psychopath, I've had a lot of domestic abuse survivors read it. It's, it's my book is a journey uh, and survival of healing from incest, but it's, you know, it's still domestic violence. It's still <clears throat> uh, sexual assault. So in those three genres, I'm getting thank yous from men and women around the world. Um, because they see how we are groomed and then how we are gaslighted in, in, uh, being held responsible for the abuse. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting, I'm getting many favorable, favorable, uh, uh, responses. And, and a lot of people have said to me, Pat, thank you for articulating in words for, Feelings and things I've thought for so many years, but I was unable to put into words. And that made me feel really, really good that I was able to put my story out there in such a way that it validated their emotions and their feelings and what they thought about um, being blamed or victimized. So that's been really, that's, that's been quite an honor to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, it's often so compelling 
and unpredictable how what we write can touch another person who's got that shared experience or the vulnerability or the receptivity to hear what you have to say or to read what you've written. And there's no way to anticipate whose life you're going to change with what you've written. You just never know. And, but the first life you're going to change is your own. And I know that firsthand mm -hmm. by writing it, sitting it down. And you know, the day, the day I finished the book, the, the day I started it, I cried like a baby. The day I finished the book, I cried like a baby. And I just felt ah, this release come out of me. Um, the, the, the Green Mile movie where the guy lets go of the cancer or the poison in his body and the flies or the bugs come out of him. That's what it felt like. It was releasing out of my body all that toxic shame um, all the poisonous hurt and feelings that um, it was, it was very, very releasing. It's been 10 years since you released all the poison. Mm -hmm. Tell our listener how writing that book and having focus in that area has affected your business. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I'm a certified speaking coach and I've been doing that since well, for the past 10 years, um, I started with Toastmasters. It's to help you with your public speaking and confidence because I knew I wanted to share my story. But I loved teaching so much, I became a certified speaking coach. And I was focusing on that. And I know that I was focusing on that because I was still um, just tippy-toe putting my toe in the water of be being an advocate for survivors. You know, I still felt vulnerable and um, scared to, to go that route. Um, but doing the TEDx talk now, Pat, um, I have a lot of survivors reaching out to me, male and female from all over the world, thanking me for that as well, because I was able to articulate. So I'm now getting even more comfortable in my skin to become um, a voice for those who have not found theirs yet, because I'm seeing the more I share my story, uh, survivors are coming up to me and saying, thank you so much for sharing your story. I, that happened to me too, but I haven't gotten help. And so I stay in touch with these survivors and encourage them to get help. And I provide the resources because I'm not a therapist. So mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a lawyer. Um, I'm a, I'm a teacher, you know, and I can offer them resources. So my business now is changing and I'm going to start interviewing survivors who have succeeded, who have gone through counseling, who have gotten help and how they're living a happy, healthy, productive life now, because that is my focus. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be doing podcasts and YouTube and Facebook and uh, doing more of that and speaking on stages at crisis centers. So that's how my business is changing now because the more thank yous I get, the more I see what I'm doing is making a difference. And I think it was Diane Ladd that said, if we can touch one soul with our purpose, then our job is done. Mm -hmm. I, and I'm paraphrasing. I'm not sure if that's verbatim, but so I love that. And now you have the book and 
I know we talked just briefly when I was introducing you about the author of the Thrive Journal. Can you tell us about where that came from and how that relates to the topic? I'm so proud of this. It's a journal, um, but it is a, it is a how-to journal. It's not just a gratitude journal. It, it's um, there's four different steps in it, and it can be found on Amazon too. But the the it's daily writings and and daily celebrations and gratitude, and I decided I wanted to put a, a course online for survivors who have had counseling, but they still need something to prime their mind for success and to to help them stay positive and focused on their goals. Um, so I put the course online. It's the Thrive Perspective Online. And by building the course and shooting the videos and doing the writings and the PDFs, I'm like, I need something to go with this. So my Thrive Journal was born. And mm -hmm. it can be found on Amazon too. And the PDF can be downloaded when they sign up for the course. But I'm finding that how therapeutic, how lethargic, uh, or not lethargic, how therapeutic writing is um, and how it can help us heal. So I had to include the journal into the course. And so uh -huh. that's really proud of that. And it complements the course beautifully because you've yes. got, you have the course to help people through this process. You have the journal for introspection. And then as we were talking before we started recording, you're now thinking about taking the journal and turning that into a book. Yes, the, the, the journal and the whole course. Um, I'm still working on the title. Uh, my program and my podcast is called The Thrive Perspective, but I don't want to call the book that. I think I have a different name for that. And it, it's, it's uh, pretty intriguing, but I'm not ready to share that right now. So, but uh, I'll have to come back when it's ready, right? <laughs> <laughs> Your point is also helping us realize that sometimes people take a book and develop a course out of it, which I've done with a networking book that I wrote and turned it into a networking, online networking course. Mm -hmm. You're working the other way, having the course and the journal and turning those pieces of content, I'm sure with expansion, into a book so we don't necessarily get caught up in a one-way route when it comes to content production absolutely and repurpose you know repurpose um you know like your podcast you you repurpose you you use the video you use the audio uh you can take snippets you could turn you could turn this right now what we're talking about today into a written blog um, you know, it's all about repurposing and, and I knew that I had another book in me, but I felt compelled to write the course and I'm like, well, there's the book. It's already there. It's in me. And yes, I need to expand on it, but not a whole lot. I don't think. How can our listener find out more about you and about the book and the course? What would be the best way for them to do that? Go to my website. It's Rena, R-E-N-A. Romano, R-O-M-A-N-O.com. That's my website. Uh, they can go to the programs page. They can go to the resources page. And uh, both books are on Amazon. So it's renaromano.com. And I thank you for that, Pat. 
Thank you, Rena. Thank you for sharing your experiences. I know it can be painful to have to go through that same territory over and over again, and you do it so well and have helped so many people by being able to talk about it. Yes, and that's my job now. <laughs> I, and, and someone told me, he said, are you retiring? I said, no, I'm, I'll never retire. I'm just being repurposed. <laughs> I'm being repurposed myself. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you for being on the show. And thank you to you who is listening to the show or watching it on our Pat Iyer web channel, a YouTube channel. You can find more podcasts on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts and on patire.com and other platforms as well. Be sure to come back next week for a new interview. And thank you for giving us 30 minutes of your time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check out Pat Iyer's resources for writers at writingtogetbusiness.com. That is W-R-I-T-I-N-G-T-O-G-E-T-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S dot com. Coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs work with Pat so they can get more business by writing and sharing their expertise. Check out Pat's resources on writingtogetbusiness.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.